I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Courtside Sign Off Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shevinoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future jiu-jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. We got a lot of stuff on the docket today, boys. We got UC Jacksonville to go over to UC Vegas, 76 coming down this weekend. Guys, it's Sean Strickland fight week. You got Strickland. You know what it is. Uh, we also got a lot of news. <laughs> Uh, PFL stuff, a lot of controversy there. Floyd Mayweather potentially running it back with John Gotti. Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are still pretending they're going to fight and a whole lot more. Before we get into the news and the fights, we're brought to you by two sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Rogue Energy, code sound off at checkout for 10% off. Fantastic sponsor of the show for a long time. Keep me fueled up, keep me going through my day. Whether you got the shaker bottle, whether you want to buy some individual cans, they got it and you can get it for 10% off. With code sound off a checkout. Meanwhile, Elixir.com, fantastic sponsor of the show. Uh, relatively new one, obviously, but you know what? They're going to do the exact opposite of what we're going to do. They're going to get you really high with their Delta 8, 9, and 10 products, as well as HHG and a whole lot more. They got joints, gels, gummies, joints. Like, they got, they got it all, man. And, uh, you can also get it with code sound off for 10% off. Last Saturday morning from the Vistar Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. Ilya Taporia. I mean, I said it on the show last week. I said, uh, you know, I think he's going to go out there and beat the fuck out of Josh Emmett. Whenever I said that, I did not think that meant a 50-44, a 49-45, and a 50-42 scorecard. Um, one, ladies and gentlemen, it was one of the most lopsided fights, not just in promotional history, but in MMA history. Um, Ilya Taporia defeats Josh Emmett. I mean, I don't know what you can really say about this fight. I mean, it was not competitive from the word go. I mean, Elliot Tapori had him looking like a walking dead zombie out there, bro. I mean, it was... You're it was, Josh. You caused Josh Emmett's downfall. I caused, I caused Josh Emmett's downfall. You, you cursed him, dude. You fuck, I don't know what fucking voodoo magic you did. I mean, granted, I picked Ilya, but still. You fucking, yeah, I was going to say, this is not entirely on me. You also picked Ilya to win. I said he's gonna be the fuck out of him. I remember listening that, listening to it back, and thinking like, "Oh, you know, that's probably a bit too harsh." And then it was lopsided, you know, in a way worse fashion than I thought was even possible. Um, I mean, we going into this one, you're kind of like, you know, maybe he'll get a time shot, maybe he won't. It just kind of depends on how the fight goes. Is there any way they can't give him a title shot after that? I mean, that was just see, this is this is the issue, right? Because you know who you still got there. Fucking Max Holloway, man, and I get it. I fucking get it. The thing is, the fact that Max is still there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Max is beating everybody to give it to him after Volk. He's beating. He's beat Yair, who's the interim champ. He's beat Brian Ortega, who's ranked below him, number three. He's beat. He's beat Arnold Allen, ranked number four. He hasn't fought Josh Emmett, but he doesn't have to. He's beat Calvin Cater, number seven. He's ab- about to fight fucking a Korean zombie, ranked number eight, and probably win that. He's beating the guys below him now at this point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As well. I, I, I get the elite one just, just for the sake. But I've heard people say they're, you know, I feel like uh, a Brian Ortega match isn't out of question. Even a Max Holloway match isn't out of question. Or even a straight title shot. But I'm just like, I don't know. The featherweight division is, is in a weird spot right there at the top, Josh. Because you got Brian Ortega coming off an injury. You have Arnold Allen falling short to Max. But you have Ilya right there, and it's like there's no one for Ilya to just 
take on and propel him forward. Because look, Josh Emmett's a really good win, but Josh Emmett's coming off the interim win, an uh, interim uh, fight loss against Jair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, looking at the lay of the, the lay of the land, uh, so to speak, uh, within the division. You you brought up Max. I don't see. I mean, it, it, Ilya Ilya's neck for the title. The only question to me is, I'm really I I don't want to jinx it, Angel. You just you just blame me for uh, Ilya nearly murdering Josh Emmett on Saturday. Uh, but <laughs> I mean. I don't, I don't want to start throwing it out there already, but, like, I see Ilya Tepourde versus Alexander Volkanovsky. Because I'm just I'm just bringing it up. Because, obviously, we have the fight going on next next month. We're actually only less than two weeks out, I believe, from uh, Volkanovsky's return against G.I. Rodriguez at UC 290. But he said with a win, he's probably going to go up to lightweight, dude. I mean, we're, I mean, what? and then at that point, Ilya Tepourde, who the fuck would he fight for the vacant title? I mean, this Max fight, Holloway, Max Holloway, yeah. Ilya Tepourde, vacant title in Spain. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, for Ilya, I don't think there's an avenue where he does not get a huge fight next. I think no matter what happens, and there's a lot of unknowns, he's going to be in the title picture. Oh, yeah. He's in the conversation now for sure. Um, a lot, it's just depending on what happens here in a, in a week, right? Because what if I hear a fucking shocks the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Which he very well could do. Uh, he could. I think, yeah, I mean, uh, Volkanovski himself said he's probably the toughest challenge in my title reign. Because he's never fought anybody. Who else was like Yair that he's ever fought? Nobody. Had that range, had the kick ability he does. Um, and especially as a ball, right? And it's been gone from the game. And even under his tape, it's like, I don't even think we've seen everything in Yair's arsenal still. Mm. He, he, how many years was he away from, from fighting? Dealing with all his cell shit. I remember all the time ahead, but it was it was he was definitely gone for a while. Um, it was almost pushing two years, right? I, mean, I could pull it up right now, man. He was out of there for it might be exactly. over two years, yeah, over two years he was out of action. And in that time, he talked about how he trained and grew and developed and got better. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe there's I think there's still stuff we haven't seen. So it makes me wonder. It's like, dude, if there's someone who could surprise us. There's someone who could catch Volk. Not even catch him. You just you know, maybe maybe you just put on a stellar performance. Maybe I think that guy could be Yair. Um, he's still. I mean, he's certainly not going to be easy. He definitely won't go down e- easily. So we'll find out. Obviously, we're talking about that fight and that fight is next week. But to kind of bring it back into Ilya Tapura, Josh, on the Josh Emmett side, to give Josh Emmett some carry, man. I, I like that in the fifth round he really did try to go for it. But it just and I think even in late in the fourth he even had some moments. But it was just like. Man, where was this, like, four rounds ago? Yeah. And obviously, you don't want to take your risk, but it's like, you know, to give the give credit to Ilya support. I mean, he showed a, dude, for 26 years old, by the way, 26 or 7, 26 years old, somewhere around there, dude. Fucking insanity, right, that he's this good. But you saw how good he was everywhere in the fight. His His management of the fight, his calmness, and kind of like, the whole time, it, he seemed to know what he wanted to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he was completely aware of everything going on. There was never, like, a hesitation. He knew what choices he wanted to make and what he was going to do every single time in each situation he was put in. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, here's what I'll go ahead and say about Elite Sport in regard to this fight. You mentioned, like, the where did it, like, where was that a couple rounds ago? 
Um, in regards to that fifth round, I think that was only because at least Fourier pretty much took, took his foot off the gas. I think Fourier, he's a uh, he's a he's a guy that like I don't want to jinx it. I'm really I'm afraid of jinxing it, right? Because I I do this a couple times, and like sometimes it works out, and other times guys instantly lose. But Ilya <laughs> Sapori, dude, like I don't know if you were seeing it online, but like there's something special about this kid and his star power. And you mentioned it; he's only 26 years old, like 14 and 0. Do you think Ilya Sapori has has the potential to become a star? Because I, I I like I don't know if you saw the reaction on Saturday, but it seems like this kid is like a legitimate star in the making. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely the fan brace he brings, all the Spanish fans. Uh, I mean, shit, Sergio Ramos was the building, which is like yes, soccer, yes. you know, football slash soccer royalty. Um, I mean, just that in of itself means a lot, dude. I mean, that's like, let me, dude, to put it in comparison, I think, I think the way somebody explained it, that's if Tom Brady, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, uh, Chris Paul, Steph Curry were all in the building if we counted, if we used only their Instagram followers. Yeah. Yeah, wrong. I mean, he, yeah, that's kind of the main reason why I brought that up. Because I know, like, I'll be honest. I heard the name, couldn't tell you where, like, like you know, by the way, I went out of a crowd. Before you made the point, before you say what you're about to do, I saw a lot of people saying, you know, maybe he, American fans don't know who he is or whatever it is. I don't think it's actually American fans. I think it's just fight fans don't know who he is. Yeah, I mean, I'll, well, I'll, I'll go ahead. More than anything, because I think fight fans, if you're a fight guy mainly, or if you, you probably only watch fights. There's not a lot of people who watch more outside of fights from what I've, at least from other people that I've talked to who watch uh, MMA or boxing or whatever, or, you know, maybe Muay Thai or BJJ if, you're, if you want to be a fucking hipster, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I think it's just mainly it's fight fans don't know who what he is. I don't think it's necessarily American fans don't know who he is. Yeah, I mean, what I was going to go ahead and say is, I knew, like, I didn't, like, I, I'm pretty sure I'd heard the name before, because, like, you and I have talked, like, about soccer, like, a fair bit, just, like, casually, because I've had, like, questions about it. Um, but, like, I I didn't really know who he was, but what I do know is that soccer fame is different. So whenever I saw that motherfucker sitting, like, octagon side, I was like, oh, yeah, he probably got, like, 100 million followers or something. Like, just, just automatically assume, because I know soccer fame is different, okay? Um, like, beyond all else, but, uh... Yeah, I mean, in terms of Tepori, I think we should go ahead and move on, because we know what's kind of in his future. Uh, speaking of futures, the future, Macy Barber. Dude, I mean, if you want to talk about turning a fan base opinion around, dude, I mean, her, she and Amanda Hibas went out there and put on one of the best fights of the year at USC Jacksonville, just going back and forth, bludgeoning each other. In the end, ends up being Macy Barber. It's a second-round win by knockout, these two looked like horror movie victims, and it was just an incredible fight, dude. What'd you think about it and her potential future? Bubba Banger, like you said, she kind of uh, changed what people thought about her, which is awesome. But she always had that potential. It was just it was just a matter of time if she made that step forward or not. And right, there's only one fight, and if you still look at her past few fights, it's still you know some questionable split decisions. A rough out against Roxanne Malferi, but people, I think people need to remember she was injured in that fight, or got injured in the middle of that fight, and has managed to rally back. The question is, going forward in the top of the division, how is she going to do? I do think she definitely needs to fight another top gal, uh, someone a veteran, you know, like someone like a Kayla Shukagan or a Lauren. 
Uh, and I feel like this fight for her. Uh, definitely put on a, a hell of a fight, a great two rounds. Uh, I know people were pissed about them getting fought of the night bonus. Uh, there was another fight that I thought she got fought of the night too, but we'll get into that later. I mean, we can just talk about it right now if you want. I don't think that, uh, what, you said Trevor Peak, right? Jose Merzgal. That's the fight you want to fight yeah, the Chep- night over? Champo, Trevor, dude, it was a fucking great fight. It went the distance. They never stopped. It was fucking great. I don't, I don't argue. I don't argue against it. I, think I mean, they're both great fights. Fight. I mean, they yeah. both honestly deserved a bonus, like, to put it simply. Yeah, I'm, I think it's still dumb that the UFC only gives out one fight of the night bonus, or they, they, they limit it to four bonuses. I think that's still the dumbest, that's probably the dumbest thing they do. I they, mean, they might, I mean, they do do locker room bonuses still and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but we don't know about them. We don't know about yeah, them. Yeah, well, they're also, I mean, yeah, anyways, I'm not going to get into that part of it because I don't want to speak out of turn, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, in regards to the co-main event, dude, I think Macy Barber, I think she just turned the turned uh, people's eyes around on her. I mean, I think, here's what I'll say about Macy Barber. Like, if you guys, like, whenever she debuted, she got a lot of hate. And um, I'm sure there's people who are going to listen to this right now. It's been like, oh, it's only been, like, two or three. Like, she debuted five years ago, dude, over five years ago at this point, which does not seem real. But she was 20 years old when she, when she debuted, and I can tell you, like, you know, if you're 20, you're probably gonna be pretty fucking annoying. It's basically a roll of the dice. You're like, some people grow up faster than others, dude. Like, but she's in interviews I've seen. She seems very like I'm sure very level headed. I even saw she called out Juliana Pena whenever Pena like somebody asked her at media day about like what she thought about Nunes retiring. She's like, I thought Nunes gave a great speech. I thought it was a beautiful moment. Outside of Juliana Pena's dumbass being there yelling, I thought it was a great moment. Like, it's just she didn't say it verbatim, but like that. But she was basically like, yeah. Like, Juliana basically ruined that moment. So I've become, like, a Macy Barber fan over the last week, man. Like, I think a lot of people call her Juliana, though, on that. There were a lot, but I thought, you know, I thought, I thought you know, her, she's not even in the same division, so I appreciated her kind of taking that, taking her time out to call her out of media day. I thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, in, in regards to her, her massive win, excited to see what's next. I think there's a lot of good fights for her. I think... I think women's flyweight is is the best. It's probably the best women's division in the UFC, Angel. Right? At least now, especially with Rose Namajunas heading there. All Rose. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, I mean, they're they're, they're close. I mean, they're both great, uh, strawweight and flyweight. I mean, I think they're pretty, pretty tight. I will say that. Mm. Um, there's definitely. I mean, fuck. Which one? I don't know. They both have a lot of talent, man. I, I really do think they're almost neck and neck. I don't think you can put one over the other. I mean, probably not. I, but, I, I mean, it's definitely – my point is more is that it's close, and the fact that it's close is pretty impressive. Because oh, yeah. for years, Flyway was just horrendous. It was a matter of time, though. I think I've, – I've, I've, I've had this – we've had this conversation off air. I think uh, women's MMA is still ever-growing and ever-evolving. I don't think it's hit its uh, peak yet. You know, I still don't think it's caught up with men's MMA. Uh but just for to the ladies, it just has it. It's a, it's a fact. You can see it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I think we should go ahead and move on. The rest of the card, man. Uh, there were a couple of good fights, a couple of highlights, a couple of not-so-good fights. Uh, <laughs> which ones do you most want to talk about? Oh, man. By the way, how, how do you rate this card? I, I just stepped away. Like, right is that a 10? Like, is that a 10, you mean? Yeah, like, overall, it, it was a pretty good one. And I think it has to do with the fact that it wasn't in the Apex. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, probably. Without a doubt. But but overall, what are, you, what are your 
overall opinions on the card. I thought it, I think it might be the best fight night we've had all year. It might be. It was a really entertaining night. It was a really entertaining night of fights. Um, admittedly, most fight nights I, I kind of like just forget these days because you know I mean they're most like three out of four like three they're out pretty of four for- at our apex. They're pretty forgettable, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think we were there for UFC Kansas City, and that was a banger. Um, But I also question, like, if we weren't there, how highly would I view that? You know what I mean? Oh, no, uh, without a doubt. No, there's no arguing that. Yeah, so I don't know. But this is definitely one of the better fight nights all year. I mean, what I put it probably, like, a solid 8 out of 10, 8 and a half. Like, I I had a lot of fun with this card, dude. I mean, main event was insane. Co-main event was insane. There were other fights down on the undercard, like Trevor Peaks. I mean... There was, a, there was a lot of really, really good uh, fights on this night. There was a lot of good performance, like specifically performances. I mean, I think a lot of people deserve performance of the night uh, awards. Uh, I think we should just go finish by finish, Josh, and then kind of hit the, the decisions real quick. David Onama, dude, what a way to rally back after he lost against Nate Landwehr. And obviously the whole situation going on in glory. Uh, fuck, man. That, that was a hell of a way to come back because... He ended up coming in on short notice and taking the fight at 155 against a, a, a great guy and, and, and someone I still have a lot of hope in, and I hope puts it together in Mason Jones. It, obviously, a, a Cage Warrior's grown talent, and, and he's kind of been on the on the down. Uh, and then he followed it up with taking two really quick fights uh, against uh, Mowgli and Garrett Armfield, which I don't even know if Garrett Armfield still the UFC, no disrespect. And then he took like a one-month... Like, uh, and I don't know what the notice was on a fight against Nate Land where it looked girly on, but Nate, the train don't stop. And ever since him, it's almost been a whole year since we haven't seen him. And, uh, he gives us this performance, man. It was, it was awesome. Is your celebration again? Kind of. It, it's, it's sick, man. I, it's, I thought it was good. obviously better than, uh, oh my God, what's his fucking name, Josh, on, uh, on Misfits one. <laughs> um, oh my God, I can't think of his name. But you know who I'm talking about. Better yeah, than I do. Better than that, I mean, awesome finish against uh, Gabriel Santos. I know the betting odds were, I think David Onama might have been the underdog in this, uh, which was kind of crazy to me. I'm not going to lie. Santos is a good guy. Um, mm-hmm. To go one down, Josh, Brendan Allen, Bruno Silva, what are your thoughts? I mean, he's here, right? Um, I mean, yeah, he's here. I mean, he said that uh, that he's going to be fighting Izzy. He's going to be the next champion of the division. I mean, Pump the brakes, young man. I mean, but I mean, I do think he's not far off. I mean, I think um, his current winning streak is insane. I mean, he lost to Sean Strickland back in 2020, but outside, and he obviously lost uh, to Chris Curtis. Um, I think Chris stepped on a, stepped in on short notice, but outside of that, he's won like what seven of his last eight or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some good guys in there too: Bruno Silva, Andre Muniz, Christoph Jocko. I mean, there's some, there's some really. I mean, I remember thinking Andre Muniz is probably going to beat him too. So that was a huge win. Um, that was a tough fight to pick. That was a very tough fight to pick. So uh, and the there, guys he beat before that too. He's beaten a lot of good guys before that. I mean, he had Kevin Holland went in there. Uh, and we should also remember here, he's 27 years old. Yeah, like he's hitting. He's just now hitting his prime. Um, so I'm very excited to see you. Like, should we should we talk about uh, what he said uh, to Brad yeah. Komodo? So why, don't you go was, ahead and, why don't you go ahead and tell people what he said to Brendan So Brendan Allen was instantly offered a fight right after he's went over Bruno Silva to take on Roman Delice in September. Uh, Brendan Allen said no to this fight, and I'm assuming it would have been out of Romain Akomane, and uh, said that he would rather fight or wanted to fight Drikas Duplessis. 
Uh, Drickus Duplessis scheduled against Robert Whitaker here soon. Uh, Brendan, I don't know what's going on there, but I, I mean, I like the call out. I just don't think you're going to get that fight. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get that fight either. I think he would have been better off calling on Sean again for a rematch than Drikus. I think calling out Drikus is like the only thing that he's done wrong. You know what I mean? Right. He's done everything right, and then he called out Drikus. Or called yeah. for a Drik or called for a Drikus fighter. Said he would only fight Drikus. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Whatever. Hey, you do you, bro. I mean, that's yeah, all I got to say about that one. I don't do even know me. what to say. I mean, got, I think got, I think a Roman you shoot high. Huh? You gotta shoot high, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, I think a Roman Diddy Lizzy fight makes a lot of sense, per, honestly, where he's at, but, I mean, if he, if he wants to try and call out Drikus, I mean, we'll see what happens, I guess. I mean, um, they do definitely need to give him a, 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 a fair bit of a push here. They need to give him a top five guy, ideally. But when you look at the top five, I mean, Axe Bahia has a 205 or now. Robert Whittaker's taking on Drikus. Jared Cannonier's coming off a big win over Marvin Vittori. Well, Victoria's obviously coming off that loss. Uh, so that kind of just leaves them with Sean Strickland, Derek Brunson, Roman Delitze. Mm-hmm. So, how do yeah. you figure, man? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, also, I mean, I, I you mentioned Sean Strickland after this weekend. Who knows? We could see a potential rematch between those two. Yep, or a, or a new contender. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at the rest of the card, just to kind of, kind of close it out, man. I mean, we tell you, Rebecca got a huge win, which we went ahead and shouted him out earlier. Uh, like last week is your fighter to watch. Dude, I've had this weird thing. I'm not sure if you noticed this. I, like, I keep on doing highlights. I highlighted Tatsu Utara. His fight was canceled. He's like the third guy that I've highlighted. We've only been doing this for like, we've only done this like five or six times, and like half of the guys have been canceled. Like on weigh in day or fight day. I don't maybe, know what's going on. Maybe you should just quit. <laughs> I think I should, dude. I mean, goddamn. Um, yeah, I mean, rest of the card. It was a fun. It was a fun fight. Fight night. Uh, David Onama got a huge win. Shout out Austin Lane, Justin Toff for the hardest of. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, I gave him a shout out on Twitter. I said Austin Lane, like he he really. I said it last week on the show too. Austin Lane has had like a really tough journey to the UFC, man. And he's that guy that got knocked up by Greg Hardy back in 2018. So Greg could get in the UFC. He's fought his ass off for like four or five years, just working hard to get there. 29 seconds in, hits him with a veteran move. I poke instantly. <laughs> no contest, but yo, Angel, he probably, you know, he got paid for that, though. So <laughs> he hit the full paycheck, man. So it's probably worked out well for him. So anyways, um, we're back at the UFC Apex this week. Um, I got to be honest, this card's actually really solid. Very, very solid. It's just a shame that it's happening at the UCA Apex, and I also have no interest in the main event. Um, but we do have to talk about the main event first, because it is a middleweight. I'm about to say ranked middleweights, but I realize only one of these guys is ranked. Uh, Sean Strickland. It's rank on the line. It's almost like a, a – what's the word for it? You know how they have those extra belts in WWE, you know? Like the, yeah, it's an intercontinental title match. <laughs> yeah, it's an intercontinental title match, or what is it, the USA champ? What other? Bullshit? Yeah, US title. Yeah, diva match. You know. Like yeah, that. here we go, man. So we got for the intercontinental title, Sean Strickland versus Abus Magomedov. I mean, what do you say about this one? Sean Strickland coming off a winner not to eat move off, and uh, in January, prior to that, he lost two in a row. Still trying to get his way back to title contention, ranked uh, in the top. Seven, I believe. 
I don't have the rankings pulled in front of me, but I believe he's like six or seven. Uh, taking on Abus uh, Magomedov. If you don't know him, you're not alone. Uh, 32 years old. Uh, made his day de- UC debut back in September, knocking out Dustin Stolfus in the first round. Outside of that, he uh, has fought in KSW. He's fought in PFL, a recognizable name if you kind of keep your eye on like smaller tier promotions. But still, getting a uh, a ranked guy is pretty bizarre. Um, what do you think, man? I this fight doesn't really have any buzz on social media. It's kind of a really weird one. What do you think about it? I mean, it will get buzz when Sean starts talking, right? Later this week. I, I mean, so. I mean, look, I think this goes to show kind of the state of 185 and how they need new names, right? They, they're giving Sean a guy who has a decently sized record. He's coming outside of the, you know, uh, has a lot of fights outside of the UFC. Seemingly looks like he has some potential, but only has one fight within the UFC and they're already giving him Sean Strickland. Granted, though, Sean will take a fight with probably anybody. Uh, Sean will literally fight probably the janitor at the PI if he has to. Uh, they, <laughs> I'm sure if they offered him that, they could do it. Yeah, exactly. that's that's why Sean Strickland always has a fight book, dude. If anybody if his opponent falls out, you can just go out in the crowd and get somebody. He won't he doesn't care. Right? And he'll, he'll fucking fight him, dude. Fuck, dude. He's using, <laughs> he's using guys on the street as fucking sparring partners, dude. Exactly. There you go. But uh, regardless, uh, I mean, like I said, this, this just goes to show how how when he, how they want to like get some new blood in 185. And look, obviously has some potential. Or um, he throws some great kicks down the middle. He has some. Great kicks in general, like, uh, that he throws from a lot of different spots. Um, a very lengthy, rangy type of stand-up. Uh, Sean obviously great in the boxing range. Has wrestling that, that's in the arsenal, but never has, hasn't really ever gone to it or fully needed to. Curious that maybe he does here or he gets pushed to use it. Doubtful. But it'd be fun to see kind of that, to kind of see, uh, Sean do something a little different than just, uh, walk forward, get in boxing range and, you know, take some steps back. And, yeah. uh, find his rhythm. But you know something, you gotta give credit to Sean, though, because once he does find his rhythm, he gets going, Josh. You know, he, 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 he'll put a beating on someone who, uh, he really does get flowing. It's, it's almost like, it, it's not really, and I mean, it makes sense, but it's almost if he's hitting the punching bag, you know? He, he's, he's completely comfortable. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He, he doesn't, he, he starts not getting hit at all, and he's, in defensively, he could be sound, uh, when he wants to be. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I think, Everybody's kind of really riding the Sean train because we have a complete unknown and a guy who only has one fight in the UFC but has a big record. But fuck, we've seen this before, guy. We have this a guy who has a lot of fights out of the UFC, and they give him someone, you know, maybe a ranked guy or just someone who has a lot of experience within the UFC, and they just they just lay a fucking goose egg, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the, I'm not gonna lie to you, Josh. Before we started the pod, I I, I was I sat down, I was listening to all my podcasts, I was. I was looking at typology and you know doing my whole thing and watching breakdowns and for, and for a moment there I was like you know something maybe I should pick obvious Magomed but I'm like I'm gonna pick Sean Strickland so I'm gonna take Sean Strickland this week I'm gonna I'm gonna get him to get the dub because you know man Josh I just want to see that fucking Sean Strickland title shot I don't even think it's not even a, it's not even about him winning it it's just more or less that fucking build up with Izzy in the constant back and forth that fight week and and him on fucking embedded. And all this shit they would have to censor. And by the way, I, my, my Twitter is already flowing with Sean Strickland shit, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, you may, <laughs> we already saw kind of what the buildup was going to be like whenever they were at the press conference together and they were going back and forth and it was fucking hilarious. Killed me, dude. I, I'm not going to lose to a guy who jerks off to cartoons. <laughs> yeah, just because, dude, Sean Strickland and Izzy are just 
polar opposite personalities. Like, I just love seeing people like that interact in life in general. It doesn't matter where, it's, it doesn't matter where. It doesn't have to be fighting. Like, <laughs> I just love seeing people of uh, completely different personalities clash. It's so funny. Um, I'm on the same page with you. I think Sean Strickland's gonna go out there and probably outpoint him. I mean, I like, um, I like Abu Ismagomedov, but I've never been that impressed with him, which is why I was very surprised that they gave him this fight. I mean, he's not bad, don't get me wrong. Like, he, he's, he's a value, I'm glad they signed him. He's a valuable guy to add to 185. I think he could be a nice depth guy over time, but I don't think he's a top five guy. Um, and unless he catches Sean early, I don't think he'll get him out of there either. And he uh, could. So we saying? Could do, and he could do that. He could. He could absolutely do that. I just don't think he will, personally. Um, I am going to go ahead and take uh, Sean to get the win, though, likely via decision. Um, Coming event, Demir Ismagulov, ranked lightweight, coming off a loss to Armand Sarukian. But still, I mean, 24-2, and two, one of the greatest prospects, I'd say, uh, not prospects, but one of the better guys in the lower ranked end of uh, the lightweight division, taking on an actual prospect, 29 years young, still just hitting his prime, Grant Dawson, 19-1-1. You've talked about this kid in the past, and you're very high on him. You think he has a very bright future, so do I. But he's taking on a bad man at Demiris Magulov on Saturday night. Do you think this is the right fight for him? Do you think he'll be able to pull off the win? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the right time for this fight. I think it's hard. I will say, man, I'm kind of curious to see how Demir does because we're talking about a guy who just a few months ago, he was thinking about retiring, you know? Mm-hmm. He was like, he lost Armand Sergeyukin. He was like, you know something? I'm fucking, I'm fucking done with this shit, man. I just, I don't know what's, you know. Uh, it it might have been, was it health related at one point? I think I could be mistaken there. I believe but he, so. But and then he was like, um, you know, I got, I got one more fight on my contract. I think is what he said. He said he'd come back for it. They gave him Grand Dawson, which I think is a good fight for him as well. I think it goes both ways. It benefits both guys. Um, for Grant, man, going to the jiu-jitsu ground game, lights getting the fight down there, striking is. Is just good enough, which kind of which really sucks to say, because I think if it was good, I'd be very confident in Grand Dawson. The only issue is, it's just not fully there yet, and I hope he's been working on that aspect of his game because I think that's what he needs to get him to that next level as a fighter, especially now that he's hitting you know those prime years as as in your in your in your body. You know, he's twenty nine years old, he's going on thirty next year, and it's like it's the time, man. If you need to put it together, it's right now. And he's running this 10-fight win streak as well. Like He is peaking, especially in a, in a 155 division that is in – I wouldn't say it's need, but it's oh, it's always nice to have a, a new face, you know, especially with uh, having the, the the old dogs coming out here soon and Dustin and Chandler and Gaethje not going to – you know, not far from retirement. You know, we, we kind of need another star, and especially, and, you know, and, and an American guy, you know, not, not to – not to sound uh, overly patriotic, but you know it's always it's always nice to have some guys in there who are from the U.S. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the Mexico, especially with so much talent coming out outside of the U.S. nowadays. I mean, Mexico owns the UFC at this point, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean our our neighbor over there, so they got they're bringing in all the talent right now, so we got to pick it up, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm gonna go. I think I'm really conflicted about this fight. I think it's a great. This is actually probably, like, one of the reasons why I said this card is, like, one of the low-key, better, like, Apex cards we've done in a while. This is good enough to main event on its own in terms of not star power, but, like, in terms of the fight itself. I think it's going to be a banger. I think I'm going to pick Demir's Magulov, though. Um, I think style-wise, matchup-wise, I think it's probably a good one for him. I don't think it's too much too soon for Grand Dawson. I think he's 
Like, I could see him winning this fight. I don't know. I just, I just, matchup-wise, I'm going to go with Demir. Um, I would not be surprised at all if Grant pulled it off, though. I think he has a very high ceiling, that kid. Um, but not right now. <laughs> or at least not on Saturday. Uh, rest of the cargo, though. Uh, dude, a lot, of, a lot of banger fights on here. Which ones are you most looking forward to? Oh, man, dude. Max Griffin, Michael Morales is just a banger, right? It's just written to be a banger. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael Morales is, is one of those other guys at 170 who we're always talking about, like, 170 having guys outside the rankings who are like, dude, that guy's a <laughs> must watch. This guy's the future. What'd you say? What, what made you laugh? No, I just laughed. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. I, I'm on the Wikipedia. I'm so sorry, dude. I'm on the Wikipedia page for UFC on ESPN, Strickland Magomedov. I clicked on Michael Morales. I couldn't remember who he fought less. And some dumbass linked the wrong Michael Morales. They linked some 63-year-old murderer from 2006. <laughs> oh, so I just... I was like, what the fuck? That's not Michael Morales. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, this whoa. Guy. All right, go ahead. I'm so sorry. Regardless, though, Michael Morales, is, like we said, is one of those guys that went to me that he's just like must watch, lots of finishes, uh, taking on a tough fighter in Max Griffin, Max Payne Griffin. Uh, but my must fight, my highlight fighter of the week, Josh, is no other than the guy who made his debut earlier this year with his brother on the same card in Brazil, Ismael Bonfim. These guys look special, especially at 155. What a division to be in. Uh, take it on Benoit St. Denise, who's a guy you've highlighted in the past too, right, Josh? I've kind of highlighted him. I've said that he's very, very good, but I was worried that his fight with Ilazuz Zalescu dos Santos was going to kill him. That's the one where um, he, he basically got beat n- near to death. I was I think they, uh, that, that's, that's the one where they changed point. the ref. That's where they got rid of the ref, right? They got rid of the ref after that fight, yeah. Yeah, um, in Abu Dhabi. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that's, that's my highlight fight of the week. Uh, or highlight fighter of the week. My highlight fight of the week. Oh man, I don't even, <laughs> that might be a different one, Josh. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, going one down, Bruno Fajer, who oh, we also saw on that Brazil card. And kind of nice seeing another guy being brought back. Uh, from that same card, having two guys who were on the same card again together, which I mean, it makes sense. They fought at the same time, so they'll be, I guess, be ready to fight around at the same time. So you got on UFC newcomer, uh, 185er, Neurostin Ruziabov. I said that was actually pretty decent. Uh, 29 years old, big record from, uh, Uzbekistan. Mm-hmm. Kind of curious to see what he can do. They, he has a tough out here against a, Scary Brazilian man, uh, but I think the I think the one that's kind of bringing everybody's eyes to this fight though, Josh, Kevin Lee's return to the UFC against Renat Frakhtadinov. Holy shit, they really didn't want Kevin Lee to come back to an easy fight. <laughs> yeah, they signed Kevin Lee just so they can fire him again. That's I that's fucking yeah. That's that's all I got to say about that, dude. I mean. The they Kevin Lee obviously coming off the win over Diego Sanchez. I remember that that was a that was a I mean he won, but I didn't come away feeling like impressed. I actually came away thinking like, oh, Kevin Lee, he's at that age of his career where like he's gonna start slowing down. Like Renat Fadrignov, I, I I'm gonna fuck up his name, I'm sorry, but like you know, this kid I say this kid, he's thirty one years old, get out of the murder me. Uh he's he's beaten a couple of guys already in the UFC, including Brian Battle. Like, dude, you're right. They did not want him to – they did not give him an easy one at all. And he beat up Brian Battle. But look at what Brian Battle did on the fight right after that. He be, he fucking put out Gabriel fucking terribly. 
That's what I'm saying. Brian Battle is the real deal Holyfield. And uh, <laughs> Renat ran through him like fucking warm butter, dude. So I, 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 I'm hoping for the best for I, this is something that, like, you know, a lot of newer fans of the show, I mean, I know this, I've, I've been, like, a long-time Kevin Lee nut-hugger. I just got to go ahead and admit it, you know? Like, we yeah. got, like, on the show and, like, and people who listen to this right now, I'm sure you've got, like, your boys, like, guys that just, like, no matter what, you're ride or die with that guy. Kevin Lee was one of those guys for me. And, like, and it's just, it's been a rough last few years, bro. It's, it's been a rough last few years. And I don't think Saturday's gonna get any much better for me, so. Dude, at one point he was 15 and 2, uh, and, uh, uh, and 10 and 1, you know what I mean? He's 16 and 3. Like, he had a very good record for a while. I mean, it's not bad now. Well, no, no, no. I mean, he, he, I, he took that fight against Tony Ferguson. I remember thinking, like, all right, this is gonna be the one that exposes him. Cause I was actually not a guy. I was not a big fan of him up until that point because he had just beaten Kiesa in OKC in my home state. And that fight was controversial because Kiesa didn't tap and they didn't overturn it. So I was like going into that fight. I was like, oh, dude, T-Fer, like Tony Ferguson is about to fraud check this guy right now. And oh, my God. There, I just looked he, at that card, by the way. Dude, there's so many people on this card who are not in the UFC anymore. 216? Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the Michael Kiesa card, dude. The oh, Kobe. okay. Dude, the Comey's literally Tim Bush versus Johnny Hendricks. Yeah, I mean, you can go back and look at a lot of those fights. It's actually just really sad. I can't look at most of these cards without getting sad because, like, that's kind of when I became, became, like, a diehard fan, like, 2014 to, like, 2016, 2017, around that era. Like, most of those guys are gone, and they're not even gone because they need to be gone. They're just gone because the UFC wants them to be gone in a lot of cases. So it's just kind of sad, but um, I'm speaking in general. I don't know who's on that card, but... I know wasn't BJ Penn and Dennis Seaver on that card. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think I think BJ even knocked him down in the first round. I was like, oh my god, he's finally gonna win another fight. You know, like fuck, didn't go that way. But yeah, they kind of close out. Kevin Lee coming back. I hope the best for him. Does not look well. Um, my lock of the week is Joe Anderson Brito. Um, this is my fighter to watch. I, I, I it's kind of cheating to have him as the fighter to watch. Um, because he's already fought a couple times in the UFC, but he is two and one. He's very, very good. He's taking on Weston Wilson. Um, and I don't want to say this fight's a lock, but I will say that, uh, Joe Anderson Brito is a heavy favorite. And if you want easy money, just throw your money on him this weekend. Um, I mean, rest of the card, dude. Giannis Santos is back, taking on Carajosa. Uh, Alexander Romanov taking on Blagoy Ivanov. Um, loser leaves, right? It's gotta be. You think so? I mean, even the Romanov's only on two, though. Rom- Romanov has lost two, but you got to think about the fashion in which he lost that fight to Volkov. See, that but was embarrassing, I, dude. But you know, that was an exciting finish for Volkov, and someone else could do that ex- in an exciting fashion. Well, oh, I see what you're saying now. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. Okay, you I'm, might be right from that point of view. I'm a villain, aren't I? Yeah, good for you. <laughs> Anyways, I mean... Uh, rest of the card, I mean, I think we highlighted just about everybody that's major on this one. It should be a fun night of fights. I'm excited for it. I wish it weren't at the Apex, but, hey, I mean, fuck, what are you going to do, you know? By the way, I just realized Gurum's on this card, and he was, his last fight was against Amir, and he's, Gurum's opening up the fucking card. I remember that fight, too, because I watched it on my way home in the card. It was a bad fight, fight too. Is that fight in the morning? Is that why I remember it? Yeah, because it was Josh McAvocator. Was it on ABC? I could be fucking wrong. I, I don't know. It wasn't. What the fuck did I feel like I remember that fight so well? For some reason, I felt like that was an early fight. Like, it happened in the morning. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. 
I don't know. I mean, speaking of morning cards, I don't. Why was this card in Florida at, at like eleven a.m.? Do we know? Especially in Florida. Yeah, I thought they were. I thought I was bugging when I woke up and I saw that the fight card was on. I was like, what? It even started at eleven. It started at ten thirty our fucking time. That's crazy. Dude, did it even even like finish early? Like I, I could have sworn it. That shit ended like at th- like I felt like it ended at three or four. I, I swear to God, it didn't. Or maybe it ended at five. I don't remember. Or maybe because it ended at five, and I'm so used to them starting at five, it threw me off. Yeah, I remember the rest of the day just felt weird to me because I'm like, damn, it's it's already over. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. It was a I, that was a weird decision. Um, but Angel, speaking of weird decisions, my segues have been on point today. I shall very point that. Oh my god, you're so fucking cool, dude. I mean, we I I had the future, which led into Macy Barber. I mean, come on, Angel, you got to give me some credit there once in a while. I mean, oh man. <laughs> Jokes aside, uh, we got to go ahead and hit some news, man. We got a fair bit of it this week. Uh, we're going to start with PFL six. We get there was a couple of noteworthy things that happened this night. Um, Clay Collard picked up a, a win, knockout win over Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray ta- Stevie Ray retired after the fight, um, which is a shame. But hey, dude, thirty three years old, he had a hell of a run. I mean, you don't really think about it, but he's one of those guys who's around here for for a fat minute. Nearly won the million dollars last year. Um, I would not be surprised if he returns. This is also the second time retiring, I should note. But also, that means Cassis Clay Collar is going to go ahead and move on to the tournament. So, I, you know, it is what it is. Um, we should talk about the biggest news. The biggest news, because this is uh, – PFL does not By the way, get, before you continue on that, yeah, I wish ahead. I would write down this guy's name. But whoever fucking called him a mid-fighter or a mid-cage warriors fighter on the fucking post on Twitter, fuck you. I wish <laughs> your fucking, oh my god! I wish I would have wrote down your Twitter name to call you out by Twitter handle, bitch. Just see you now. You're you're going at so some guy was talking shit about Stevie Ray. Yeah, dude. Like what, what? 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 How much of a little bitch do you have to be to fucking kick someone while they're fucking retiring, dude? Yeah. What was it like a fighter or like a fan? No, it was. It, dude, listen to where I said it came from. It came from fucking Twitter, Josh. Who do you think it was? Of course, it was a fucking fan. <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah. I mean. MMA fans aren't exactly the nicest, man. Um, yeah, that's disappointing. I didn't even know that happened. But we, we can – I mean, shout out Stevie Ray. Hell of a career, man. Hey, you know, a round of applause from here. The courts I stand up. Sorry, I, really, I just really wanted to do that, dude, because I, I, I pissed me off so much when I saw it, dude. And I was like, dude, this guy could literally go fuck himself. Yeah, that sounds about right. But um, anyways, man. <sighs> PFL 6 on the prelims. You know, I'm not really sure how to set this up. Um, there were these two guys, Natan Schultz and Rausch Mafio. They are both Brazilians. They are close friends. In fact, they are the godfathers of each other's children. So they are in the lightweight division, and if you're aware of the PFL's rules, obviously they have to fight in a tournament format. However, that is whenever it's actually the tournament. Up until then, the PFL does match make these fights. This, These two needed to fight. Um, I believe didn't they both have their playoff spots already secured? Correct me if I'm wrong, Angel. I I don't. I wish I could remember because this is actually this would be very important. But I, I I know at least one of them was making it through or was in a pretty good spot to make it through. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, it was one of them was gonna make it through. Only one of them was gonna make it through. Because uh, I'm looking at the scoreboard right now. It would have been Clay Collard, Olivia Olvey-Mussier. Bruno Miranda, and then Natan Schultz. Um, however, it will not be Natan Schultz. He won the fight. If you did not see the fight, you don't have to watch the fight. 
Um, it was horrendous. They basically went out there and threw air punches for like 15 minutes, occasionally grappled a little. It looked like if you wanted, if you had to like, it looked like if you had to fight your friend, basically. Um, <laughs> so they basically went out there and tried to not fight each other. And the PFL, in response, removed Natan Schultz from the tournament and inserted Shane Burgos, who was the next runner-up. This has caused a lot of controversy. Because it's like, does the PFL have the right to do this? Why would PFL match these guys up to begin with? Um, so on and so forth. And Natan Schultz himself put out a post, um, basically adding Francis Ngannou, like, hey, like, you're the fighter advocate. You're cool with just fighters, like, getting removed from the tournament because they did not like how the fight went. I mean, it's a really complicated situation. What do you think about all this, man? There's a light side to it. I don't think there's one specific answer that's correct, if I'm being honest, because obviously as friends, that's a typical spot. And I don't know, like, I don't know if these guys could have contested for this fight not to happen or something or come upon agreement, uh, which obviously that's, that's obviously very difficult. And also like, guys, if you guys are going to do this shit, why don't you just like go down to the ground instantly and just have like a jujitsu match? You know what I mean? Like you guys could have sold it way better that way than having it on the feet. Just saying, not, not saying they should have done that, but you know, just putting it out there and the, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what the right thing to do is because I'm trying to think about both sides, right? Obviously, you don't want to beat up your friend, and you're in the fight game, and you guys are cool, but we've seen people fight before, and, and they've, they've made it work, and it's, and it's difficult, and it does – I'm sure that it definitely has to affect your relationship, right, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, guys have literally have to move gyms. Guys have not been friends anymore afterwards. Um, there's always – I feel like no matter what, there's always, like, a little animosity, right, or something. And especially since they're not fighting for, like – like, they're not in the finals fighting for the million dollars, you know? Like, it's not like everything's on the line. This is just to potentially get there. And at the same time, by them and, – and look, I don't know what difference it like, – I don't know if like if they didn't get it, if Shane Burgers would have got in or not or whatever and all of the those specifics. But you're also preventing someone else from potentially being in a better position as well or someone potentially getting in. I don't know if exactly the points were – if someone would have lost, Shane would have made it in, or a different person would have made it in. But the fact that that could have potentially happened, if results were different, is kind of shitty, you know? Because you're taking yeah. someone else's potential opportunity away. Uh, I definitely do think there should have been some sort of conversations. I think the PFL should have talked to them privately. I think they should have been like, hey, what, what happened? Did you guys actually do this? Like, this looks odd to us. It looks almost a little suspicious. Like, you know, what, what's going on here, you know? Um uh, and even before the fact, like, they should have talked to them. And, and look, granted, I don't know if the PFL knows these guys' relationship. And also, are they, are you gonna, should the PFL be faulted for not knowing, you know? Or should it not matter? I mean, there, there's, there's a lot to it. Um, I, I don't have like a super strong opinion, but I, I, I don't know where I fall on. I think I fall somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. I get where the fighters come from and I, and I get where the promotion's coming from. Uh, I think what a lot of people are, are kind of complaining about is kind of like how the promotion kind of took it into their own hands, you know? And they took over, but at the same time, I'm like, guys, it's, it's, it's their promotion. It's their business. The fighters are fighting in the promotion. The, prom- the, <laughs> the promotion isn't promoting, obviously they're promoting for the fighters, but they set, they set up the fighters to be, you know, to be in the position they are. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, just kind of really quickly, just kind of skip to the end. I am on the, um, on the same page. I, uh, I, I fall somewhere in the middle on this. I think 
a couple of things. Like, I think everybody painting this as like a wider black, a, a wider black issue, I don't agree whatsoever. Um, I don't think it's any, anything just general. What I will go ahead and say is that PFL inserted themselves in this position by booking these guys against each other. But at the same time, like, there's also a possibility that I think they could have both technically made it in if hypothetically, if they were fighting other people hypothetically, if they both won by, like, knockout, I think they could have gotten in and they would have had to fight each other anyway. So I guess my question is, if this is such a pro- – because, like, I – okay, look, if you guys do not watch the fight, I, I may even make like a, this into a clip and, like, insert some highlights here. But, like, they basically went out there and did nothing. Um, I even made jokes on Twitter at the time because I forgot – like, I didn't even realize how close these two... Like, I knew they were friends going into the fight, but I didn't realize they were, like, godfather to children close. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I made jokes on Twitter that, like, you know, James Krause has just felt like a shiver go down his spine. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he didn't know why. Because these guys went out there and basically... They didn't fix the fight, but, like, they didn't try to win. Neither one of them tried to... I mean, I guess Natan Schultz won by virtue of being... Getting to better positions. Because if you guys didn't watch the fight... I'd say the vast majority of this fight, Angel, like, I'm sure you've seen it, like, it was pretty much in the clinch up against the fence. Like, they didn't really do much. Um, whenever they did throw punches, they weren't really doing anything. And here's the biggest thing. There wasn't any coaches either. They instructed their corners not to coach, like, it was a silent fight. Oh, what? I mean, I guess that... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, there's there's a lot to it. and like you There's said, a lot going into it, yeah. It's not black or white. I think saying it's black, like there's 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 one side that's correct, there's one side that that's uh, that's wrong is is not the good take. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot of issues everywhere. And I mean, look, no matter what, there was still a possibility of them potentially fighting later on. And at that point, it's like, would it have been the same or would it have been different because they had the potential to potentially be in the million dollar fight for the title and the money? Mm-hmm. To me, at that point, obviously, I think it's all goes. You would assume, but who knows? Maybe it would have been like that. I mean, we would have got the same result we had this night. Um, I, did you mention that uh, one of them called out Francis on Twitter? Yeah. I mean, I believe it was Natan Schultz was the one who did it. He said, like, you know, in Ghana, you're supposed to be this, like, you know, paraphrasing, obviously. I'm not going to quote him. I don't have that thing in front of me right now. But he basically uh, said, like, you know, in Ghana, hey, you're the you're the fighter advocate. Where are you? Which is kind of a fair thing to say. Yeah. I think. I think if Ngannou wants to, if it, Ngannou, hey Francis, I don't think, like, is this, is this not quite literally his job and what he said he wanted to do? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a conversation here to have between the PFL and these two guys because going forward, it's like, is this going to be an issue? Because you guys fight in the same division. This could happen again. We might even have to have a, because you know, sometimes they have to, you know, they have to match certain guys up for, for uh, tiebreakers. And they could potentially be in a tiebreaker position in the future again. Or in the future, you know, where they have to fight to get into the playoffs, you know, or maybe once again, what's gonna, what would have happened if they made it to the playoffs? What happens if they would have been there for the million dollar fight, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I um, in, in regards to to that, that's kind of the reason why I'm not fully on board with everybody piling on the PFL because I mean. If if these guys were going to go out there and, like, because this was always a possibility. Like, that was always the case. And they could have also declined the fight, too. I mean, I think that there's, like, I don't think Natan Scholl or Rosh Mafio are blameless in, the, in this situation. Because the whole the whole thing behind the PFL is, is um, for example, they've 
propped up a guy like Brandon Lofnane as like a star, right? And they could because, have had, they could have had a good story too, dude. They could have been like, oh look, they didn't want to fight their friends, yada yada. Yeah, I mean, if they expected him to go in there and do like a warrior type situation, that was never going to happen. But I mean, <laughs> right? But I mean, but I mean, dude, like we we saw this as recently as Kamaru and Gilbert in the UFC. Those were two close friends and two close teammates who went out there and beat the fuck out of each other. I'm not saying that's what's always going to happen, but I'm saying that these guys going out there and not even trying. It, like that is still kind of your job. I mean, I'm not, I know that's a shitty industry, but also, why isn't one of you guys in a different division then? And, why and isn't like one I of said, you guys Josh, in welterweight? If they were gonna do this, they could have gone about it much better. You know they could have. They could have hit it a lot better in the fight. I, I you know, like they could have been like, okay. Yeah, I mean, they didn't. That's the thing is, like, I, I think there's a lot of people who are talking about it who have not even seen the fight. I was watching the fight live, thinking like. Like I said, I forgot. I, like I knew these guys were friends, but I didn't know how close they were. And I was like, "Oh, sir, so they're not even going to try and fight." Like they didn't even go out there and like they threw. Like I mean, we can. I don't know if I can find the PFL stats on it, but like it was there. There was basically nothing that happened in there. I mean, I remember going thinking going to the scorecards. I'm like, who are they even going to fucking like? Dude, it was who, so who bad. It was Josh. It was so bad that PFL Smart Cage actually fucking malfunctioned. <laughs> Well, you know, that's the problem, Angel, is if they would have talked to that fucking smart cage, this never would have happened. (laughs) (laughs) The smart cage would have stopped this from going down to begin with. (laughs) Fuck, maybe, dude. I don't know. They should have used AI, right? The AI could have saved this. I'm trying to find the stats on it right now, actually. PFL smart cage did have stats from the fight, thankfully. Oh, my God. You guys actually want to do it? (laughs) Yes. So hold on, Angel. We actually can find this in real time, boy. Jesus. Yeah, Roush Monfio versus Natan Schultz. They threw a combined 66 punches through 15. They call it, let me phrase. Natan Schultz threw 66 punches through 15 minutes. Roush Monfio threw 63. Uh, two for six on takedowns was Natan Schultz. Monfio went for zero. Yeah, I mean, a combined 120 punches across 15 minutes is, uh, that's rough. I mean, we've seen lower. <laughs> we've seen lower. We've seen lower. But the thing is, is that they only landed, I believe. Actually, I just, I just closed out of the page. But I can pull it right back up. I believe they only landed about a third of those punches. Less than a and third I'll, of those punches. I mean, and also, I would assume these guys average a lot more than that. Yeah, and that's another part of it. Because I've, I mean, I've seen those fuckers fight, dude. I know they did. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's that's kind of my point. It's like... It'd be one thing if they went out there and, like, admittedly gave less effort, which I would understand. But, like, there were a combined 32 punches landed throughout 15 minutes. But, That's I mean, about roughly two punches a minute, dude. <laughs> shit, I mean, Shane Burgess is happy right now, though. And it, so is the PFL, kind of. I mean, obviously, they didn't want this to happen. But it kind of ended up working out for them because Shane Burgess gets, get, gets to be in the tournament now. Yeah, and that's partially, I'm seeing some people like, oh, you know, but, like... They're risking it all for Shane Burgos. They're just doing that because they signed Shane Burgos to a big deal. And, like, I understand that point of view, but I also – It kind of just worked out. Shane Burgos doesn't make it Floyd Mayweather money for PFL guys. I mean, let's be honest here. Like, they would have much rather had – like, who are some of that? They would have much rather had Anthony Pettis come in and wreck shop. You know what I mean? Like, there are guys who have been bigger free agents than Shane Burgos. I don't think they did it for Shane Burgos. I think they did it because that fight sucked and they were upset. Yeah. Um. I mean, I mean the, yeah, the PFL has been in the limelight a lot recently, though, Josh. I mean, we're talking about the pet issues, this, Francis Ngannou, uh, Jake Paul, uh, Clarissa Shields. I mean, they're, the PFL has been in the conversation in 2023 a lot. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. They've, Bellator, they've, they've been linked to Bellator? Things. Yeah, not all good things, but they're in the news a lot recently. 
Yeah, I mean, Kay, the Kayla, you know, Kayla Harrison, even up until early in the year where she was in the sign, you know, there was there was a lot going on there, I and mean, there still is a lot going on. Regardless, I mean, she, I mean, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to add, or should we move on? Yeah, we should probably move, go ahead and move on. But the last thing is, like I said, I, I fall somewhere in the middle, you know. You know, have, what, what's the phrase? Like half, half dozen, one, six, the other, something like that. Uh, I don't, I don't really have too many deep opinions on it. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, though. I think the story's not done yet. But by the way, did you see the interview with Oliver Oven Mercer right afterwards where the media, one of the media members asked him about the fight? He said, that was weird. He was like, he's like, that, that was weird. He's like, I'm not, I'm not saying anything, but that, you know, what do you guys think? You know, he asked me. <laughs> and dude, by the way, when you said that, and it's funny because I referenced it, I thought of the Jose Mourinho meme again. <laughs> if you know, yeah. it, by the way, if you know, you know, if not, look it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I might even put it in here. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways, man. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we should go ahead and move on. You got some more news to talk about. Uh, Floyd Mayweather and John Gotti, who we talked about. They went out there and had a whole ass riot, bro. Well, they said they had so much fun they want to do it again. Because uh, John Gotti <laughs> was interviewed recently by Ariel Helwani on the MMA Hour, and he said that right after the fight ended, apparently his father actually went and spoke to the Floyd Mayweather uh, money team, and they said they're actually looking at an October rematch. Jesus, I mean, probably I'm won't this be. Shit serious. Yeah, I mean, he said he's gonna knock him out this time. What do you, what do you, I mean, are you down for this, Angel? Dude, Floyd, dude, Floyd went from having yes visions to now actually having a full-on fight. You know something? I'm actually interested now. Cause it's actually a fight now. <laughs> yeah, you weren't down with Floyd's exhibitions like Aaron Chalmers and like Deji and stuff, but like John Gotti, you're down. Well, now cause John Gotti actually, like, there's actually some beef now. There's actually some story. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's some substance there now. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's absolutely the only reason why. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be a, uh, let me, let me, I don't know if it's going to be like a real fight, but it's going to be like a real fight. Does that make sense? Like, this may still go down to an exhibition, but I don't think they're actually going to, I think they're probably going to go out there and actually try and and try and fight. Uh, At the very least, they're probably going to put in more effort than Natan Schultz and Rosh Mafio did on on Friday night. But but I, I keep telling you, Josh. Yeah. When are these tires Floyd, is, dude? Like he's he's being Icarus, dude. He's gonna fly too close to the sun. Like it's gonna it's gonna get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. He he's gonna get there. Depending on if he keeps on fucking around, dude. He's yeah. gonna fuck around and find out eventually. Because he's not. Even... I thought maybe he was gonna be against Mikuruasakura. And also he he's... rocked him a couple of times. Not I mean, rocked. Also, the other thing you gotta think about, he's not that big either. You know what I mean? Like like someone like Roy Jones Jr. is actually big. You know what I mean? That's the other thing. Yeah. There's a Roy for still doing these exhibitions as well, dude. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I think Floyd Mother, John Gotti, I'll watch it. I think I'm intrigued to see if it's actual real fight or if it's an exhibition. I'm intrigued to see if it actually comes to fruition or if that wasn't just Floyd and his team, like, you know, just sending feelers out there fucking to them, you know. They love, they, Floyd's supposed to give his name in the limelight, so. Um, yeah. We'll see if this actually does happen. But, I mean, I thought John Gotti said it pretty well. He he said uh, that, you know, like, we were everywhere, and Floyd's a businessman. So I know that he doesn't like me, but <laughs> he sees money. So um, I could see it happening for that reason. Nonetheless, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about it, so we should go ahead and move on. Uh, dude, Alistair Overeem. What do you think Alistair Overeem is cooking right now? Uh, because Alistair Overeem, some pictures came out of him recently. Uh, he just fought in... 
October, last October, defeated Badr Hari in their trilogy over in glory. And we haven't seen him since then. He got popped for, for being on the Sazul, but, you know, what happens to the best of us. Um, but, uh, dude, new pictures have come out of him. He looks skinny as hell. He showed up the Ryzen 43, which was like... Why was he there? Do you know? No, I don't know. I think he was just there as a guest uh, of... Um, he's he's like, friends with the owner. Who we can't... Sakura Yabara. He's friends with Sakura Yabara, so that's why he was there, but... Yeah, I mean, what, do you think Overeem's heading back down to light heavyweight? I'm seeing a lot of speculation about it. Uh, maybe. Maybe that's why he's doing it. Maybe he's getting prepared for something. You know what I mean? I mean, remember when one announced that they were going to do that open weight Muay Thai tournament? I mean, maybe he's getting ready for that. Yeah, I remember that being a thing at the time, and there was some talk, but we haven't heard anything since then, so I don't know. Uh, he might be getting ready for something. Uh, regardless, I mean, he, you know, he got in trouble for being on the sauce, so... Maybe that's why he's kind of like holding off, but I'm sure we might, and shit, I mean, six months we might see over him again. He might look like fucking Francis. That's true. That's true. He might look I, like a demolition man again. Yeah, I don't know, man. He looks like, he looked like fucking, I thought I was tripping, man. Like, he looked like pride, pride over him out there. I mean, did, uh, did, did Overeem said he's still going to compete? I mean, did, or maybe he's just kind of like, fuck it. He know? said he's still down. Yeah, he said he's still going to fight. He said he's got a couple more fights left in him. He's 43. Respect. 43. I mean, he's he's not that old at the heavyweight division. I mean, he's that's old. he's old, but like, Arlovsky's two years older and still in the UFC. So I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> and got wins too there for a bit. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, he just turned 43 too, just a couple weeks ago. So Overeem, shout out to him. Um, we'll see what he does next. Off topic. Uh, I mentioned he was at Ryzen 43. Did you see any of Ryzen 43? By the way, saw highlights. Dude. What was in the water over there in Sapporo that night, bro? Like, it's just, dude, it's, it's Sapporo, it's, Japan. They went out there. Dude. Because it's, it's Japan, dude. I mean, it was all finishes. There was, there was, I believe there was only one decision the entire goddamn night. I mean, it was very evident. You saw it was not in the building for this one, too. <laughs> and God bless, too. I mean, I don't want them boys there, you know? I think, <laughs> I think if you saw the agent steps, steps foot in Japan, they're like, their foot's catch on fire. It's like, like, it's like going into church, you know what I mean? It's like it's like a sinner goes into church, catch on fire, that meme, you know? Um, it's like if you saw the agent tries to go to Japan. Shout, if you guys have not seen Rise of Four and Three, I do gotta shout it out, dude. I mean, I went, I watched highlights of that the next day. I was like, holy shit! Like there was something in the water over there in Japan, man. Something in the water that night. Just all finishes except for one fight, bro. Absolutely insane. Shout out Ryzen. They've kind of they've kind of fallen down below a lot of other. You know, big promotions right now, but like they still have like a couple of fun guys still in Pokemon. I mean, they still pack numbers. I'm sure locally though, right? Like they're still big over there. I imagine to an extent. I mean, they were like for example, they were at the the Macorial Ice Arena, which holds ten thousand people in Sapporo, Japan. But I do know for their big cards, they still like. I, I think they still do the uh, what is it, the Tokyo Dome. Really? When they were in Saitama, they fucking filled that shit up the last time. Yeah, they, they also do Saitama too. So, yeah, I say, I mean, they, if, they still run big arenas. I feel like if they get names and stuff rolling, they do do very well. Yeah, but just I meant more like in terms of like the overall like MMA like I guess like fan base how how they're viewed. It seems like they've kind of fallen off a little I bit. I mean, it, it, it's hard though, but they got their market though. I think that's why they're still around. I agree. I agree. And um, yeah, I think it was a banger card. So I hope you guys go check it out. Um, at least check out the highlights at the very least. Um, next up on the docket, dude, hey, um, we made jokes about it, but now we actually have to talk about it because it might actually happen. Um, 
So we made some jokes that Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk were going to fight last week because that had come out like mid podcast, like they just started going back and forth. And we were making jokes about like, oh, you know, Elon Musk grew his, finally found his balls and yada yada. So I guess Dana White, who said he hates, he hates gimmick fights. Dana's really anti gimmick fights. Now he wants to do Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk in the UFC. Uh, this is not, Dana has already made a t-shirt, which you know that means it's official. Shout out Zufa Boxing. Um, but nonetheless, he said he's going to try and do it. I'm not even going to ask your, like, if you're into it. I will ask you on a curve. On a 1 to 10 curve, what, like, are, will you, like, what's your interest level out of 10? Like a 7.5 and, and it to, uh, like, an 8. Really? Yeah. You'll actually, you're actually reasonably, like, you'll actually watch this. I'm just curious to see how they do, bro. I'm curious to see what you do if you do just put these two dudes who literally have two of the some of the richest men on the planet with unlimited funds, unlimited training, unlimited access to medical stuff too, and see what they can do. <laughs> Mark, you know, like you see, have you seen those edits online? I don't know why people do them, but it's like whenever like they make like Trump or Elon Musk like jacked or whatever. Yeah, like those funny memes. I want to see that happen actually in real life. Like, Elon Musk shows up, like, at Shredded. our size. <laughs> Shredded out of his mind. Tan, too, you know? Well, I saw – so so I guess weight class don't matter because Dana gave an interview where he confirmed that, like, it's going to be an exhibition and they're not going to – Open weight. <laughs> yes, that's actually what he said. What is he it called? Yeah. But didn't Dana say that he was going to hold a meeting with both of them, like, legitimately? Like, I could have sworn I saw a headline like that, like, Dana – So, that's from BJPen.com. He, during an interview with the Pat McAfee show, he's like, yeah, I got to go hop on a call, a uh, video call with Elon Musk in about five minutes about this fight. So I guess he's actually meeting with them. I mean, look, I'd like to joke about it. I'd like to meme on it. I mean, I'll I'll watch it. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'll definitely watch it. But I'm, By the way, what could Dana pay these fucks? You know what I mean? Like... I do think it. I do think it's definitely kind of like, I mean, yeah, that's kind of the thing. Like, if they're going to do this, they're going to do this just because they want to do this. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. I mean, they could do it. I mean, it'd be cool if they did it for charity. Not gonna lie, I think that'd be awesome. That would that would be cool. But I mean, do, do you think Elon Musk or, or Mark Zuckerberg care about charity? No, the thing is, <laughs> fuck you, money, dude. They don't need the fucking money they're gonna get from this year. Well, we'll probably be a pay per view. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Apparently, that's what they said. They said it will be a pay per view. UFC three hundred. Oh God, not UFC three hundred. I hope not. But. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. I mean, just to kind of my, my final thoughts on it. I'll watch it. I do think that it is uh, it's definitely wild. Um, I think that I'll watch it. That's all I can say. I I, I do That's think the there's multiverse, some people, dude. This I think there's some people that are, yeah, it's a multiverse. Is that what you said? Yeah, dude. We're in yeah. this multiverse where this shit's actually going down. I think like somewhere along the line, like I've always said, like ever talking about 2016 being a crazy year. I'm telling you, it was 2015 when the fucking Royals won the World Series. The, the Royals have had two winning seasons my entire lifetime, my entire time that I've been alive. They've won, had two winning seasons. One of them, they won the World Series. That was 2015, Angel. Nothing has been normal since. Just saying. I don't got to get into it, but you know the big ones. <laughs> COVID, I mean, <laughs> the apprentice guy. I mean, the cheese got good, too, all of a sudden. I mean, <laughs> crazy. Messi um, won a World Cup. Connor, Messi Connor won. Box Floyd. <laughs> Connor Box Floyd, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, we're just, I, I think about that all the time. Does anybody else do that? Like, you just sit, like, just think for a minute. They're like, of all the fucking universes I could have been born into, like, this is the one? Like, this is crazy. Ronda, Ronda into WWE. Yeah, just tons of weird shit. 
Um, one last thing. Uh, would you? Okay. Question. Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg. Instead of doing that, I think we should do Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg versus CM Punk and Fight Circus. Jesus. Maybe even add in Logan Paul and make it a fatal four-way fight. Maybe, you, maybe just yeah, just like a free for all, right? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> maybe you throw JJ in there too, just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Yeah, why not, man? That'd be some spicy memes there, dude. You know something? Hell in the cell, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> fuck, fuck it. They're, they're, they got the WWE now, you know? Fuck it, you know? You're fuck right. Actually, you're right. You're right. They have the WWE now. Why don't they just do a hell in the cell, KSI, Logan Paul, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, CM Paul? Just, if you're going to make this, if you're going to do this gimmick shit, which I'm and sorry, then, Dana, it is. And then, you, you know, know what it is? It's XPFL, Jake Ball is the first boss, and Francis Egon is the last boss. <laughs> Dude, dude, I think no, no, no. Don't put Jake Paul on the other side, and then we have to clone Francis and Ganu, and we're gonna have two Francis and Ganus versus that big group of dummies that we just said. <laughs> you know what I mean? That could be fun. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Anyways, man. Um, I think we should go ahead and move on. Um, last couple of bits of news. Canelo Alvarez has signed with PBC. Dude, PBC looked to be on like. The like they looked like dead. I mean, I right like you literally they, they said have, this like a week or two ago, which is hilarious to me. I mean, yeah, but I mean, if you look, but I wasn't I wasn't making the shit up. Like, if you look up like their schedule, like they've had like a very small schedule for a couple of months now. Like, there have been times where, like they'll have a fight card and they won't even have their next event booked. So like the the broadcast ends, they have nothing to promote. You know what I mean? They, they've just been like in a really weird place for a couple of months now, and then they signed motherfucking Canelo Alvarez for a hundred million dollars out of nowhere. And they dropped that fuck you, fuck you money on these guys. They really did. And we got a fight announcement. Jamal Charlo versus Canelo Alvarez, September 16th. Life Finally. Yeah. What do you think, dude? Fuck it, dude. That's, they got all his fights lined up. I mean, it's, it's the perfect roadmap for Canelo or for maybe not, you know, but it's, it, they got, they got the best, I think some of the best fights I could give him now. I mean, shit. He went from fucking potentially fighting Badu Check right now to actually fighting someone in, 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 in Charlotte that you'd actually be interested in, you know? Or fight, or, uh, boxing fans would actually be interested in. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, Canelo, here's the, here's the good news. I believe they have a couple of fights planned out. Isn't it they're gonna have Charlotte and then Benavidez and then they haven't figured out the third one, I believe? That's the last no, one. No, I think I, I think I saw Dick. I don't think it's official, but they they think of a potential lineup of Charlo, Andrade, Benavides, and maybe Earl Spence Jr. Oh man, if they get Earl, that'd be crazy. But I mean, I, that's I don't think if I would even be competitive. But honestly, it should be a size difference. But you know, I mean, shit, I, you know, at all. Who knows? I mean, you would you down with a Caleb Plant rematch potentially? I'd watch that somewhere no. down the line. I don't think that fight will ever happen again. <laughs> really, you don't give a fuck. Nope. It was it, look. It, it's a banger because Kayla's tough, but uh, no. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, this is probably this is this is the right move. Um, shout out. You know. By the way, random out. as fuck. Yeah. You, random as fuck right now. You know Adam Kawinaki last over the weekend. You probably don't even know. I did know that. Yeah, it was a, it was. What was it dude, fourth in a row? Dude, was it like an upset too? Like potentially. Yeah, he's lost. He's lost like four fights in a row. Dude. I did, I, I thought he was gonna beat the guy, but never. I mean, shit. There, that's how that went. Regardless. Back to. 
Yeah, I mean, I just my kind of my kind of like closing thoughts on it. I mean, I've got too much left to add. I mean, I think that this is probably the right move uh, for, for Canelo Alvarez. I think. I mean, it's it's a. Uh, he's gonna make a lot of money from this deal. I think that he's at a stage right now where he can pretty much he if Canelo like if, can, let me rephrase. Promoters don't go to Canelo Alvarez. Like, Canelo Alvarez goes to them. Like, I guarantee you this was not a situation where, like, they, PBC came up with, like, $100 million. I think Canelo Alvarez probably went to him, like, hey, I want to fight these guys. What's the best offer you can give me? This, I mean, he's a, he's a short-term free agent now. He controls his own destiny. And there's a lot of guys in boxing that are not willing to take that risk of just, like, constantly jumping from promoter to promoter to promoter. But he's doing it, dude. He's his own man. You got to give him props for that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so shout out to Canelo Alvarez. Last bit of news. Admittedly, it's a depressing one, but it's one that we have to talk about. Um, so over the last week, Chris, I will actually, I'm, I want to set the, set the stage better. I've been seeing a lot of support coming from the MMA community. Obviously, Chael Sonnen was the first one, I believe, to announce this. Uh, Bill's core fighter, uh, Chris Leansoni, uh, has been hospitalized in the ICU uh, after a cardiac event happened while he was training at the gym. Um, his wife also has been uh, providing updates on social media. He was set to take on James Gallagher at Belcher 298 in August, who obviously James Gallagher is a pretty pretty big name. Um, that was going to be the biggest fight of his career. His family has set up a GoFundMe page, which has already raised over $31,000, which we'll also link. Oh, man, it uh, went in, up. That's yeah, awesome. 30, yeah, of course, it is awesome. And... Um, uh, videos have come out, and obviously it's a terrible situation. But all we can do really do is send send best wishes to Chris Sunshine the Sony. Terrible situation, man. I mean, what do you think? And kind of thoughts. It's it, it's a sad situation, man. Obviously, I don't want to get into so much into the the medical situation and all that without uh, having the proper information at this time. But I mean, you can go on Twitter and look for yourself. Um, his wife seems to be by his side now officially, and they're they're you know she's able to make physical contact with him now um it, it's just heartbreaking man because you know he has a he's a kid if you go on his instagram you see a picture of him with his uh his boy i don't know if he has more than one or but um i mean it just it just kind of opens up how uh how life can be man and, and the realities of this thing of this stuff uh like josh said we'll be linking the the gofundme um anything helps guys uh i had this conversation with josh earlier because uh you know, we we always wish we could give more, but like like I told him, dude, if if every person who who liked that post gave a dollar, you know, that's this much. If every person who liked that post gave two dollars, be this much, and so on and so forth. So so believe me, if you can only give a dollar, two dollars, four dollars, five dollars, it, it does make a difference. So especially right now with all the stuff, that, uh, I'm sure they're gonna have they're gonna need a lot of help financially right now, and you know they they need our help, and uh, you know the MMA community's been there, and anytime anything happens like this, and and we've seen in the past was. I think Stevie Ray and uh we had the uh, I can't remember the one female fighter who needed money for training and traveling. That, mm-hmm. that was like a, over like a year and a half ago or two years ago now. It's been quite some time. I mean we we've done it time and time again, so we'll do it again and we'll and we'll help this family as well. Yeah. I mean we have a they have a community at times. I mean we called out a guy earlier for talking shit on Stevie Ray. Um the UA community at times falters, but it's all like still fuck this. you to that guy. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean we had we have some bad guys, but it's times like this that the MMA community uh, generally comes together um, because it's one of our own. I mean, Chris Lee, Chris Leasoni, loved by a lot of people in this community. And if you do have anything to give, please, you know, go to the GoFundMe. 
a lot of love to him and a lot of love to his family and his wife and his son. I mean, they've been having to provide updates. I can't even imagine. That just shows the fragility of life, man. Um, By the way, I just found a guy's name, Ink, I-E-P, Ink. It's literally A-N-K-I, capital I-E-P-I-C-K, pick, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, tell him. Tell him. Um, anyways, man, yeah, I think I think that's – what a great way to end it, dude. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the show. I am at Josh Evanoff on Twitter. He is at Angel Ortega 01. At Courtside Sound for all things related to the show. Shout out to everybody who has supported us from YouTube to TikTok to Instagram to Facebook to everything. We appreciate and love every single one of you. Thank, thank all of you guys for love and support. And uh, we'll keep on making content. Hope you guys enjoy it. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click. <laughs>